You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. How y'all doing this week? Hey, David Hall. Uh, how many days till Daytona? Can't be soon enough. Greg Hectus. Isn't Daytona Friday night, David? Different Daytona, but yeah. And special guest returning, Steve Thompson. Hola, amigos. Hola. Well, on today's show, we do welcome back returning guest and league administrator of the Old Bastard Racing League, Steve Thompson. We also recap all of the highlights and lowlights as we review the end of the NIS racing season for Team Tifosi. That and lots of hardware reviews you won't want to miss. And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So let's see you there. That's right, guys. Uh, we have us a sponsor here at the iRacers Lounge podcast. It is Sim Coaches from simcoaches.com. Uh, man, we're so excited to be in a partnership with these guys, uh, to be title sponsor of the show on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, to tell our listeners about their product, uh, it all comes down to their pedals, the fabulous pedals. Uh, David actually has these pedals, and so. That makes us, uh, I guess, a, a personal uh, connoisseur of those. Uh, what do you say, David? A few uh, quick thoughts. Well, I'm, of course, excited. I've been hoping, you know, we could have these down. I mean, he did give us a great discount right at the beginning um, when I first ordered them. Uh, and I've been super happy with them. You, you can go back and listen to our previous podcast about about the difference that they make. And it's, you know, it's just huge when, when you the pedal feels like a real pedal. Yep, so we're happy to have them aboard and uh, welcome to Sim Coaches. Well, let's jump to our special guest, Stephen. Uh, Steve, thanks for coming back. We were talking, maybe this is the fourth time on the show. I actually didn't look. Yeah, this is the fourth time. I'm glad to be back. You guys uh, really helped promote the OBRL. Really appreciate it. And as always, this is my favorite iRacing podcast. I, I don't know why they don't have you linked there on iRacing because um, you guys do such a great service for all of iRacing with all the information you guys give. Well, I appreciate that. Um, now, before we jump into OBRL and and David, uh, excuse me, Brian, will talk w- with you about that a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about uh, when I was building my rig this fall. You know, I gave you a call uh, late at night and uh, or actually texted with you a bit, and and we traded some pictures and different things uh, on my rig build and. Uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the advice you had given me, uh, just for our listeners to see if we could pass that on quickly. Oh, that'd be great. 
Well, you know, what I learned in summary uh, from, from talking with Steve for a while there that night was buck kickers is the way to go, uh, that vibration thing, and, and then uh, mitigating it so it doesn't travel through other pieces of the rig. And so, Steve, in a few quick sentences, can you tell me uh, about the tractor supply rubber that you got and, and just, you know, how do you integrate that? Yeah, so when I built my rig, I had uh, I bought the uh, butt kicker LFEs, which are pretty powerful, the uh, the small ones, the minis, and so I set them up, and I've I've got some pretty powerful amps, and I wasn't getting any any vibration. It was traveling through the the rig itself, and um, so I, I was searching around to find you know what the problem was, and I really couldn't find any information out on it. So I got to thinking, well, it's traveling through all of the aluminum on the rig. So I thought maybe I can mitigate the uh, vibration, separate it from the rest of the rig. So what I did is I've, I've got horses, so we've been horses for years. So I thought uh, stall mats from uh, tractor supply would be would, would do the trick. So I went to tractor supply and bought a bought a four by six stall mat for like $40. And then I uh, ended up cutting it into strips. And so I placed uh, that rubber beneath the seat rails and then also on my uh, pedal plate to mitigate the uh, vibration. And that was that, that, that worked really well. So I, so I could actually feel it. Did you have to do longer bolts to accommodate for the rubber in between the two pieces of metal? Uh, yes, I did. Um, actually, when when I started this build, um, I I didn't know what to expect with with the uh, 2080 because I'd never really worked with it. So um, when I bought when I uh, ordered it, it was during the start of COVID. So of course everything was really hard to get. So it took like seven months for the rig to get here, and uh, so I spent my time uh, buying uh, bolts. And so I've got like, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars worth of bolts. So I already had some long ones available for it. And uh, the final question on this, when you put that rubber, is it underneath the seat slider um, or is it between the seat and the seat slider? Um, actually, what I did is, uh, so mine has uh, two 20 20 or 40 by, I guess they're the four inch, 20 by 40 uh, seat rails um, that go up and then the seat rails actually attach to that. So I place that rubber underneath between the 160 and the 40s um, to mitigate it. I see. Well, that's going to be my next project, I think, uh, in the spring is to add a bunch of that stuff. And, and, and I have all that on my list. Um, I actually have the bolts. Um, I just, you know, ran out of money for that part of the project. I had to cut something and that, that got cut, but I'm looking forward to it. I do appreciate uh, you sharing that with me and everybody, Steve. That's a really good tip. Oh, you're welcome. I, I think, you know, I think with a rig, probably, you know, pedals are probably the first biggest thing to get. And then, you know, for vibration, it is huge as far as being able to fill the track. And uh, I, I use a Sim Hub software and you can do all kinds of customization where you can actually feel traction loss and, you know, all kinds of vibrations. So I, I highly recommend it. Cool. Let's talk uh, OBRL, Brian. 
Hi, Steve. Well, uh, of course, you're always welcome here as a guest. But the reason we asked you this week is we'd like you to recap the OBRL um, I-40 Media Grand National Series and the Metro Ford Cup Chicago Series. So um, if uh, if you're not familiar with the OBRL, and you should be because it's a, it's a fantastic league, Monday night is ARCA. Um, series presented by Hempshack. Tuesday night or uh, Wednesday nights are the trucks pre- presented by our own iRacers Lounge Aftermath series. And then on um, then uh, Thursday nights is the I-40 Media Grand National Series. And Sunday mornings is the NASCAR Metro Cup Chicago the Metro Ford of Chicago Cup Series. Now, the Arkan trucks are just 13-week series that you know that repeat throughout the year. But the Xfinity and Monster and the uh, Monster Cup from Metro Ford are are uh, season-long series that start with the beginning at, in February and run through the end until Phoenix. So, it mirrors the uh, the uh, NASCAR schedule, and uh, and I guess. The Metro Ford Chicago Cup would be the, uh, the crown jewel of the uh, Obriara League. Um, uh, although Chris Scales did win a race, so that knocks that down a little bit. Um, so uh, so we wanted to recap that season. Uh, we want you to talk a little bit about um, Metro Ford. It's the main sponsor for that uh, series, which is just, uh, you know, one of the best sponsors you can have. Uh, and they've helped out with charity races we've set up through uh, the uh, the, the uh, iRacers Lounge podcast. And uh, and you go through the playoffs, playoffs format like uh, NASCAR does. And we'd like to, for you to recap the season for us and, and tell us about the finals and how it all wrapped up. Uh, there we go. You, you probably thought I was uh, on the aftermath right there with the silence. <laughs> Sorry oh, about that. But, you know, we truncate the silence on this show, so our listeners won't even notice what just happened. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, yeah. I lost you again. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. So the uh, the Metro Ford I-40 Media Xfinity Series, like Brian said, is uh, full length, follows the uh, Xfinity Series. We did throw a couple extra races in there just because of the uh, summer break and the, the lag in, in uh, the races in the, in the real series. Um, and it was it was quite a battle in in that series. Uh, Joshua Robinson ended up winning the series uh, finale there at Phoenix. Um, that guy's like on fire here uh, this year. He's he's really improved his game. He says he owes it all to getting a VR. Um, he knows exactly where his car is all the time. Um, and uh, I was second. Dwayne MacArthur was third, and uh, Thomas Ogle was uh, fourth in the in the final race there at Phoenix. So it was a great battle, and I want to thank uh, E Metro Ford for sponsoring that series. Also, um, there was over six hundred and forty dollars added in uh, prize money that paid all the way to sixteen spots, and then the uh, winner, Josh Robinson, um, he had he got an extra two hundred dollars to donate to his favorite charity from E Metro Ford. So I was kind of special from him for him side note uh metro ford that's the one that like you can be anywhere in the country and literally order a car and and for this per this metro ford and and they'll deliver right yep yep the uh owner patrick milligan he owns owns the uh 
the dealership there in Chicago and we, he ships cars all over the nation. And, and right now he's got probably the best inventory of used cars, as you probably guys all probably know, uh, the car market's like going crazy right now. And there's a shortage of new cars because of the chips. And so, uh, Patrick, he's really dove into the used car market and he's, he's actually really created a value there for, you know, people that need cars right now, you know, the car market's not somebody that, that wants a car. It's more people that need a car because of this shortage. So go visit uh, emetroford.com. Yeah. I've heard they've gone up as high as 40% in one year. Uh, is that is absolutely crazy. Yeah. And the prices, the used prices are continuing to rise and the uh, shortage of new cars uh, continues. So that's quite a season for those championship and, you know, those guys really earned it. I mean, uh, the, the top three, I mean, consistent finishes, uh, top tens, top fives, but wins too. Huh? Yep. Yep. They, uh, every, we, we kind of do the playoffs just like, um, NASCAR does. So it, you get a win and you're in. So that definitely helped guys with bonus points and stuff, make it all the way to the finals in the Xfinity series. And uh, that series is uh, Thursday nights and we've got a short season. It actually starts tonight at Daytona and goes until uh, the regular Daytona series starts in uh, February. So if anybody's interested, you know, go check out obrl.net to uh, get signed up and get ready for the 2022 series. Now, 2022, uh, now confirm with me, what car are you running? Um, we're not sure in the Cup Series what we're running yet. We're 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 gonna run just the uh, the Gen the Gen Six car in this in this short series um, until the data until I think they get some data on the new new next gen car. Uh, we're not sure what we're gonna do. I think that's probably the issue with it is maybe NASCAR because they haven't been running that car. Maybe iRacing isn't getting the data for it because it doesn't run anything like I've heard it runs in real life. So Yeah, so even if you use this short season in between uh you know in between now and and the real data 500 you know you're you might be racing a, you can't even really test that car because it could be completely different by the time the season starts or or partially way partially way through the next season so you know it's not even not even a good thing to test with because you just don't know you don't know if it's going to be the same car yeah yeah that's exactly i guess because some of you guys have driven that car right what i mean what are your thoughts on it <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> I would like to make a, a picture of the number 550 and burn it. That's the problem is that the horsepower in the car, it's not the car. Yeah, yeah. especially a mile and a half intermediate tracks like that. It's, it, it doesn't race very well at all. Um, the, the current car, you know, you do flat foot it for uh, the beginning parts of runs in the, in the Gen 6 car, but the the Gen Seven you can hold it flat out for a lot longer, so it it's going to be more more groups and packs of cars that don't really separate from each other. Um, the the it's it's a little bit I think it's more aero dependent than the Gen Six too. So that's another thing that makes it really really difficult difficult to race with because it's just it's not fun racing. That's the problem. You're not driving the car. You're just in for the ride basically iRacing Super Speedway is a perfect example of that. A large, large, oversized track with that 
with that car, it exaggerates the what what Brian's talking about even. And and you're and he's not kidding when you're along for the ride because if if you're not in the air just right and in the draft just right, you know, you're gonna lose it and and you find, you know, after the first lap everyone is just kind of single file and that's how it runs to the end of the race. There's no racing. It's crazy. Uh, that's horrible. We we were really fortunate this year. Dwayne uh, MacArthur, one of the admins, um, one of our one of Gregory Hectus's fellow Canadians, there. He uh, he did <laughs> he did one of he did all the setups. We used fixed setups, but he really worked on the uh, temperature on the tracks for the Cup Series and all the also the Xfinity Series, and actually got the the fixed Cup car. We were kind of switching. They've got two fixer, fixed uh, setups, the open and just a regular one. And he actually got it to where it was uh, it was slick to drive, and it was really really fun, even on the uh, you know on the mile and a half tracks with the 550 motors. So that that made it especially like at Phoenix with the 750. I mean, it was kind of like skating on on ice. It was it was really really fun to drive, almost like you know two or three years ago, the way the cars were. And he's doing that just with track temps, is that right? Yep, just just track temps. Yep, he figured out like the the sweet spot. Sounds like what Hammer Hammer did for us when we did that charity event uh, at Daytona, where he got the right thing where you could push for a bit, but it was better drafting. Yep, sounds like the same thing. Yep, it definitely makes that car fun to drive. So, you know, if they don't if they don't change the Gen Six car, then we'll definitely be driving this car um, next year again. So, uh, a real successful season for Josh Robinson. He he takes the takes the uh, championship in that league. Um, I think Dwayne finished second in the championships. Is that right, Dwayne MacArthur? And then uh, who was who was third? I the uh, the the series, the standings were taken down already when I went to check it all. Yeah, in the in the Cup series, it was Josh again, uh, Dwayne MacArthur, Thomas Ogle, and myself. Um, the fi- the final four. Um, actually, I think Tom Thomas, we call him Liberace. Ogle and myself, we were, I think we were going to win it, and then uh, for the, or we were going to battle to the end because we we went in later for pit stops and we caught Dwayne and passed Josh and then. Uh, uh, Liberace was behind, uh, was behind Dwayne and uh, hit his bumper and turned him, and we all ended up uh, having some damage. So Josh ended up beating us. Well, um, so I've I've been an OBR member uh, long before I joined the podcast show, and uh, I was, you know, it's I can't say enough about the league. It's it's the cleanest racing I've ever been in in anything on iRacing. Um, we've you you guys really stress that, um, even to the point of you know uh, cutting down the incident limits to five on the ARCA races just to just to get people to understand how important that is to to everyone. You know, I I tell people that yeah we have a five point incident limit before you're DQ'd and they're like their eyes just bulge out of their head because they can't believe that. But um for the most part, and that's this is including short tracks, um people aren't getting bumped out. Um it's amazing that uh that they've taken to that and uh kind of learned their lessons on how to drive clean and and uh and be safe. And be aware of their surroundings. Um, 
it's it's the best league I've seen for that, uh, bar none. So uh, OBRL, I can't recommend it enough. If you are interested, you got to be uh, 35 years or over, under 3,500 I rating, and but don't uh, that, that under 3,500. Um, don't don't mean this. Don't take that to think that these guys aren't fantastic drivers. They really are. And my guess is that if they raced a whole bunch of uh, uh, sanctioned official races, that a few of those drivers would probably be cracking that thirty five hundred if uh, if uh, they they spent more time in the official races. But but uh, it's it's a fantastic league. Steve's a great administrator. Um, they have practices for all the races or the um, before the races come up the day before. Typically, um, they're there to help you learn how to drive. Um, I, they've taken some drivers who first started the league that were that were really off the pace and really coached them up, and they stuck with it. And you know, next thing you know, they're driving they're driving in the front of the pack sometimes. So uh, it's a great league for learning for uh, getting to know people. Uh, I can't can't say enough about it and. Uh, uh, and on a personal note, Steve has been a great. He helped me out with so much stuff with hardware. He even took time on a Sunday afternoon to uh, to uh, get into my computer, to remote into my computer, and help me with settings when I was setting up my uh, motion system. So he took time out of his uh, his own day to to help out with that kind of things. And you know, that's the kind of stuff that you you can't you won't find that in a lot of leaks. So uh, can't recommend it high enough. And uh, Steve, I really appreciate all your help and all the work that you put in to uh, for the OBRL leagues. Oh, thank you, Brian. You know, the, the members are what makes up the league. And, you know, we've got quite a camaraderie of guys and, and everybody, I mean, everybody's racing, you know, from the fast guys to the slow guys in the back. I've I come up through the back there and I'm amazed. Those guys are running like three and four wide, staying off each other, running like crazy. It's pretty amazing. Um, real quick too. I just wanted to uh, thank uh, our admins that uh, help with the league because without these guys, there's no way that I, that I could keep this thing going. Um, Brian Lindsay, I want to thank him. Clay Walker, um, a famous country singer. Dakota Pisk, Pisky, uh, Dwayne MacArthur. He's he. Uh, this guy does he does so much for the league. I don't even know what to say. He's he's a uh, he's huge help for me. Uh, of course, Eddie, the Raging Cajun Jones, uh, Robert Crisco, and um, anyways, I I really appreciate you know all they do to help keep this thing going and emetroford.com they're they that guy patrick he you know he throws thousands of dollars at this i, I think we had probably close to four thousand dollars that he added in for broadcasting and and prizes and, and everything he does and then of course you guys iRacers lounge you, you guys have promoted us beyond any expectations and continue to do so and um you know i i wake up every uh, thursday morning to go clean stalls or friday morning every friday morning i wake up to go clean stalls and listen to the download i can't i can't wait to listen to what you guys got to say it's like uh, it takes a village i mean you just named off a dozen people i mean it takes a village to to keep a league going year after year season after season and you guys have it down to a well-oiled science i think yeah thank you yep it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work to to keep everything going and trying to keep all the members happy and everybody kind of going in a straight line uh, i think you call them professional cat herders yeah that's exactly what they are <laughs> And then, of course, <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't do without a uh, Liberace Ogles uh, 
uh, penalization stories on uh, Sunday mornings. What was that word? Uh, well, we had analyzation and a penalization story this this week. It's it's too bad that this is a family friendly broadcast, unlike um, your cohorts over there at, at the aftermath show. Oh, well, this is a non rated show. <laughs> yeah, they'll have that recorded and mixed into different phrases by tomorrow. So don't worry. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. Yeah, OBRL is a great league, and uh, we're always happy to promote you guys. So let us know how it's going. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate all you guys do. I really do. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Let's kick off the topics. I've got the first one. We're talking not top 10 highlights for October 2021. And uh, I got a chance to actually give this one a watch right before the show. And uh, it's got some funny ones in here. Probably the funniest one that I think should have been ranked higher was, uh, I think it was a street stock or a late model or a guy who was on the, on the, uh, apron and guns it trying to get back up onto the track right as a pack is coming by and completely destroys the pack and whatever that was it had the new damage model because there was bits of junk and metal laying all over the track uh there was one where this this uh car did this perfect kind of austin powers just locked himself in in the gate uh there was the one that y'all talked about last week with the completely oblivious stewards right that one was i think number two where there's this all the carnage going on behind him and the cameraman's just sitting there looking at his camera, right? Uh, it was a pretty entertaining one. Did that guy a big eighty-seven wreck at the back of Talladega? Yeah, and of course your usual your usual lap one uh, sports car death scene where everybody's like, "Got to win it now." If you got forty minutes to run, but I'm I'm going to pass five people in the first lap. That Talladega wreck is a good visual of the new damage model. I mean, hoods everywhere and and wheels and everything is just all over the track, just littered de debris everywhere. There's a guy in the VR where his wheel breaks off in the middle of uh, driving, and he's like holding it up kind of in his face, even though he has his VR on, like he's looking at his wheel. It's hilarious. I think the other cute one was the opening one with the uh, girl racing. Now, I, I don't want to try to pronounce her name. I could see it in the relative. It was about... 35 characters long but um yeah she has a twitch channel and and basically somebody missed the corner and and just barely missed her and she was giggling and laughing about it it was kind of funny she had to anticipate that because uh, yeah the guy dive bombed and she, and she just went ahead and broke early let him completely miss and then passed behind him I don't. I don't think di a dive should be part of it. He just bombed bad there. That was he, that was it, bad. He just committed suicide, pretty much. I mean, it was. <laughs> I uh, I follow her on Twitch too. She's a really good racer. Um, how do you say her real name? I don't know how to actually pronounce it. I. It's, <laughs> she obviously doesn't say it very often. I just know her by her name, uh, Twitch name. The the accent was Eastern European, I think. Yeah, good video as usual. Next up, uh, Black Friday sale is on, guys. This is it. This is the one of the year. 
that everyone should take advantage for. There's not one worth waiting for. That'll be a different time of year. Everyone always asks those questions. This is it, guys. I mean, this is the time to renew. Uh, this is the time to, to get set up. Now, as soon as I saw this, I logged into my account. I looked to see if I need to renew. Nope. Guess what? I did two years last year. So I'm paid at least through December of 2022. So I'll wait till next Black Friday before I renew. This is usually where I'll wait till the third uh, or fourth of December and actually do it again like every year. But it does go through December 4th as the last day. Now this is just off renewal. It doesn't count for tracks or cars, but it's 25% off. Now, if you're a new customer, 50% off. So if you've been thinking about starting that second account, maybe now's the time. Yeah, or, or if you uh, have a friend who wants to uh, get an iRacing or you can talk them into it, that's a good deal too because uh, uh, if they use your email as your uh, as a referral, you'll get, uh, I think it's $10 credit as well. Yeah, and you know, if you're going to be an iRacing long-term, I mean, you really just need to buckle down and do the two-year deal every time on Black Friday because that's the cheapest way to have iRacing. It really is. I mean, the per-month rate, doesn't get lower than that. All right, Brian, tell us about the uh, Sprint Car World Championship, which is back came back to us. Yeah, guys, so uh, back the the uh, greatest show on dirt. I'm back to iRacing. racing starting next Monday. The NOS Energy Drink World of Outlaw Championships will return to i racing with. Uh, uh, I think it's two-time defending champion Alex Bergeron ready to to defeat his uh, he defeat his uh, or defend his crown there. Um, so uh, I, uh, it's one of my favorite series to watch. I'll be uh, I'll definitely be checking it out on Mondays. Now, if you remember last year, the sh the they weren't originally on. Um, on the iRacing YouTube channel, they were on the Dirt Vision channel. So I'll have to double check that, but I, I, I'm imagining they're going to be back on Dirt Vision. Uh, so uh, keep an eye on it for there. Uh, you can go, you can, you can get a free membership uh, to Dirt Vision and still catch these races. You don't have to get the the payment decided uh, uh, that. Um, and then. I uh, fully plan on doing full race recaps like uh, like I've done previously for these Sprint Car World Championships. Uh, so we look forward to that. Can't wait till it starts next week. Now, I think the Dirt Vision is a go. There is a logo at the end of this Twitter video that has the Dirt Vision logo. And uh, iRacing is uh, broadcasting the Monday Night League on Monday nights. So that would make, you know, that would be in conflict with this. So if they're running this over on Dirt Vision, then that allows the iRacing channels to do the Monday Night League. So I, I, it looks like uh, they'll be doing both. There'll be plenty to watch. You can take your pick. Okay, we've had uh, Coke uh, driver spottings at the Phoenix Championship weekend, including champion Ke Keegan Leahy. Um, he was out there and got his uh, hardware. Um, the check and a big old trophy. Uh, he's got his picture taken with uh, the COO of NASCAR and uh, and the director of competition, I believe it is. Um, and they said hardware acquired. And so he got uh, interviewed, and there were other uh, people out there as well. Logan uh, Clampett was out there, and uh, Nick Ottinger, uh, last year's champion. Uh, they got a, their picture taken. Uh, 
there at the uh, sim hauler. And then later, a... after uh, uh, Keegan got home, he Twitter, uh, put up on Twitter a picture of his ring, his championship ring. And, oh, my. I mean, this looks like a, well, a toned-down Super Bowl ring. It doesn't, you know, it's not really glamorous and have all the the diamonds and everything. But it's got the iRacing logo on the top and kind of written around it, NASCAR champion. You know what I think is, <laughs> I... I... I can't believe the payout that he got there with holding that big check. That payout is ridiculous. For a sim race. Yeah. Like, and he is, I'm not going to defeat the hard work and everything he's done. Like that, that's crazy to bring home that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure obviously if you put the amount of hours and everything you put into it, there's probably time spent and all that to make that. But just to, to have that, right in front of you as one big number. That's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and a trip to Phoenix and, you know, he's, he's been to Charlotte and, you know, so he gets other stuff too. And, and I think the best part, I think that's an American. So he gets to bring back, back to Canada and convert it. He's a millionaire now. Yeah. But won't Canada take like 70% in taxes? Depends. He could put it on a tax-free savings account. Then it won't uh, get taxed. So Logan Clampett also put up a, a Twitter of his trophy. Um, not bad for P2. Um, it's a pretty good trophy. Uh, he, he, there was a subsequent tweet, which I don't have in front of me, where uh, he, he compared it to his second place from a previous year's trophy, and it's like dwarfs, uh, dwarfs it. Uh, it. It's a really nice cup, actually. And it's, it's so cool that NASCAR uh, makes us a part of their championship weekend, you know, at the championship tracks that they happen to be at. I know they've been doing it for a few years, but, you know, they've they've combined NASCAR with iRacing um, Coke Series so closely, like, that it's almost part, you know, that it's part of their, their what they offer, you know, they offer cups trucks you know trucks uh, xfinity and then uh, i racing along with their cup cars it's it's like part of the part of the deal yeah i love the integration um and it's a tradition at this point you know um we have tradition with this and and it's cool that the, the prize has, has grown and thanks to really coca-cola you know as well as nascar for making this happen i mean those, that money has to come from somewhere so uh, I definitely want to throw out, you know, Coke uh, for stepping up. You know, this is a good opportunity for them, and I hope they got value out of it. All right, I'm going to pick up the next one. We're looking at a Tuesday wake-up call, which is actually just a uh, Instagram post by iRacing. Uh, and they're out on the iRacing Super Speedway. Uh, is this the f the Formula car or one of the Indy cars? Uh, oh, th yeah, this is the Indy car, right? It yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those near misses where he goes right between two wrecked cars. Gets me my brown pants. Well, the weird thing about this is, you know, this guy is, is in IR18 IndyCar, 
but the cars that are reckoning from at him are Formula Vs. So, and they're on iRacing Super Speedway. So this is probably a hosted race I'm imagining where they set it up with multi-class and the, the Indy cars on that track racing against the Formula Vs is ridiculous. I think the Formula V maxes out about 100 miles an hour. And you know he's probably going 240 at least in the Indy cars. So, so when something happens in front of them with those slow cars, man, it's you have no time to react. This guy just barely missed this crazy wreck. The real save is after he misses those cars, he has that hospital wobble, as DW calls it where he's waffling between the track and the apron. And there's a big, significant uh, change there in the angle. And uh, he manages to drive through it without wrecking. Now, the other thing I want you to take a quick look at is who is the driver? It's none other than IndyCar driver Stefan Wilson. That's very nice. That's a good catch, Mike. I didn't notice that. But yeah, you're right. Um, wow, what a crazy race. Uh, I guess they were just having fun doing a hosted race with the multi-class. Well, speaking of good catches, the uh, Monday Night Racing League has picked up a couple of good catches that are going to be announcing their next race. Greg, tell us about it. Boogity, boogity, boogity. So, uh, Hall of Famer uh, Daryl Waltrip and former uh, crew chief uh, Gil Martin will be uh, in the broadcast booth on Monday night there um, at uh, Michigan. For the uh, well, po- I guess Podium Esports is uh, broadcasting it. It'll be an interesting race. Um, I don't know. Have you guys? Have we caught many of these, Mike? You watch these every oh, once yeah. in a while. Oh yeah, there's been two so far, and uh, it's been interesting. I think the theme of this series on Monday Night League is there are some racers in there that are just sim racers. And then there's other people that are like NASCAR celebrities or NASCAR related industry people. And, um, and it just doesn't feel like some of the people that are in there should belong. Um, there's a few racers that you'd have no idea who they are and, and they race like they shouldn't be in there either. So that's the one thing that kind of threw me off on it. But the, the, the broadcast has been fantastic. I've been very entertained. Uh, by watching it, um, trying to see Kyle Busch, you know, kick butt. And um, yeah, it's been fun. All right, guys. So, uh, speaking of uh, NASCAR drivers like Kyle Busch, um, so now that the season's over, what do uh, NASCAR drivers do in the offseason? Well, apparently they jump on iRacing. Uh, there's a couple videos. One's a TikTok from Anthony Alfredo, who's in a street stock race um, on dirt. And he posted his video and it was a really actually a pretty funny video because it's a view from outside the car, almost like one of the helicopter views. And the driver, uh, the driver in the street stock car, um, his arms are just sawing at the wheel uh, very uh, crazily. a little unrealistic. Maybe there was some glitch in the uh, in the programming or something. But his arms are just sawing back and forth like crazy in that streak stop, trying to keep it straight. And then uh, also uh, another tw- uh, tweet from Chase Briscoe. He he t- he tweeted out that if anyone's on iRacing, he's hosting a session at Talladega, so fill it up. So he hasn't been on for a while, and the season's officially here. So uh, off season's here. So he's on iRacing now, uh, opening hosted sessions at Talladega. So 
maybe if you uh, want to follow him on the service, you might be able to catch him open on a race. You can jump in and race with Chase Briscoe. Isn't he a new father yet, or is is he at his ba- his wife and his had their baby yet? Should be getting more busy in the off season. Well, yeah. he, he was bu- he was busy nine months ago. That's why he's had a kid now, I guess. <laughs> And Anthony Alfredo, I heard that he is looking for a ride now. Yeah, they're expanding that team to two, or they're going to two teams, and he's not going to be part of either one of them. So yeah, so I mean, I've this for years. You know, I I've followed uh, Dale Jr. and some of the other high-profile guys on iRacing, and you know, I log in if I'm not doing anything. You might see that they're in in some race or practice, and you can jump in and and uh, you can say you race with. Kyle Bush or race with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, you know, if if you do that, uh, be respectful. I'm uh, I'm assuming everyone listening would be respectful, but just a reminder, uh, they're they're people too, and they want to have fun. They don't want to be badgered or anything like that. But you know, so many so many of these uh, professional racers are on this service. You know, it's it's cool to cool to see what they're up to once in a while. So I, you know, you brought it up, so I'm going to say it. You know. We just talked about the Monday Night League and the first race of the season. Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, we're like two or three to go. He's coming. He's got a a helper pushing him. They're going on the outside three wide. They caught the leaders. They're coming. I mean, they were coming, coming. Like, they were going to blow right by the lead pack and win the race. And one of those sim racers I mentioned uh, had pulled up in front of Dale Earnhardt Jr., like literally uh, like a total – bs block i mean it was it was like he junior had to like let off the gas and probably hit the brake to stop from wrecking but obviously ruined his chance at winning the race i was a little mad uh watching that because uh it was disrespectful i thought was this a plate race yeah uh, would you be mad if it wasn't dale i don't know it was a it was a bs move they were they had such a head of steam anybody would have known oh if i pull in front of these two you know i'm gonna wreck <laughs> But I digress. Let's talk Pro Series, Homestead. This is also something I've been watching. Uh, this was Tuesday. Uh, no cautions. And so with that, uh, you know, it was like one stopper or a two stopper. And I guess this is going to be a theme of the week, right, David? But uh, the, the guys that did well ended up on a one stopper. Now, the guy who won the race, Colin Keister, he uh, short pitted everybody, maybe a lap or two, but that was it. That was all he needed to get the track position, and he ended up in the lead when the cycles, uh, when the pit stop cycled, and uh, kept it. And so, congratulations, Colin Keister. Mike, before you watched it, before he he pitted, how was he doing before he pitted? Though, I want to say he was like back half of the top ten, top five, maybe. I don't remember. Okay, so he basically just came in, got the track position by doing it. And- yeah, yeah, he he came out as a leader by yeah. He just short pitted a little bit, and it was enough to get him the lead. And it just hard hard to pass. But the people that stayed out and didn't pit, you know, they were on the, you know, they had to stop again. They were pretty much screwed unless they got a caution. Hmm, sounds familiar. So the other thing that happened before this race was over is, you know, as I'm watching the race, I'm kind of on Twitter and Facebook as well, of course, but one of the drivers that I follow that's in the race is on Twitter or on Facebook, and he put up a lengthy post, like a six-paragraph post, 
And I look down at the standings as I'm watching him, and he's P40. And I'm talking about Brian Schoenberg. And so he was running P40 in the race without cautions. Uh, he parked it um, without, I didn't even notice. Apparently had this pre-written or wrote it quickly. Uh, posted it on social media and basically said, you know, after more of a decade of iRacing, I'm going to hang it up and stop professional sim racing. And he re announced his retirement. But what do you think? Uh, right in the middle of the race, is that too soon? or? It probably means it was already on his mind, and this was just kind of the final straw, right? I, I, th I think the hardest point when I'm reading through this is this, you know, people fight, you know, the over COVID and, and a bunch of stuff, you know, mental illness and things like that have, um, and pressures and stuff like that have built up on people. And it sounds to me when you're reading through this, it's like, you know, the pressure of, of what was going on. It just, he didn't want to do it anymore because of that, just for the fact that um, he didn't love, he didn't feel like he loved racing as much anymore. Well, I mean, it, it's tough, I guess, to be running P40 in, a, in the pro race when, you know, you know, six weeks from now, you're going to be starting over again. Yeah, but he's, the worst part is, is and this cynical in me here, but he's P40 of 100 and, there's a, like, what, 120,000 people that race on iRacing. Like, it's not like he's the back half of iRacing. He's in the top 1%. Yeah, but right. people, people don't, People don't perceive it things that way. Oh, I get uh, did, it. did I not bring? I thought I brought this up just a couple of weeks ago that second place hurts more than third place. All right, <laughs> we we witnessed it with you. It, I mean, it does. It hurts more than sec third place. They they did a like a study of Olympic medalists. Uh, uh, I heard this in one of my sports uh, sports science podcasts, and they would they would the the second places would just look dejected because all that's going through their mind is how close they were and they just missed it. Whereas the third place guy is probably thinking, "Holy shit, I actually still at least made the podium," and it, it, it so just they're one position apart, but second feels like shit, third doesn't. So, you know, you're talking about 40th, but that's also last place. And you, you see that with real life drivers, too. They come up and, you know, some of the people that we've made fun of or, or I don't I don't tend to hit them. But some of the people that get made fun of for not being so successful in any of the national series, they're local track champions. All right. Or have, have won poles and races in ARCA. But each time you step up a level, the competition is that much tougher. Is, is this is this like a shot like what uh, Mike kept saying to uh, the Xfinity champion? Kept calling him. What did you call him, Mike? Any any of the drivers that come up, and <laughs> you know, especially but, the ones that come up too soon. Oh, the guy who never won a race but's been in NASCAR for several years. Yeah, but he's won. He's won like. He's won a race like, now. No, but he's won like in any in other series. He's won lots and lots of other races in his career. It's just that one was eluding him. Well, I was the first one to eat crow when uh, <laughs> Daniel Hemrick won finally. I called that. I called that. Just I would have lost in Vegas. I would have lost my shirt. We just what's the thing, uh, David, with Mike when he says something? Uh, especially when it's when it's pit strategy. Don't listen to it. <laughs> I proved us right again last Monday. <laughs> I was just gonna say. We'll get to that later. Let's talk Force Dynamics, Delara iRacing Grand Prix Championship. Brian probably has this one. 
Yeah, I'll talk about this one. Um, unfortunately, I missed last week's show, and I, I forgot to put this in. So um, I wanted to go back over uh, two weeks ago, which uh, would have been round seven at the uh, for the uh, Force Dynamics Delara iRacing Grand Prix Championships. So uh, going into that race at week seven, um, Martin Van Lusenord had actually won three state, straight races going into Road America. That was round seven. And sure enough, he made it a four-peat. So uh, that was uh, Road America. Martin uh, took four straight wins in this series. So he uh, four wins, uh, that's fifth his fifth win in seven races because he won the uh, the inaugural race as well. So um, at that point, at round seven, yeah, he was at the head of the head of the points um, and was really dominating uh, the series, although the points didn't show it because uh, I think it was week two, he had uh, no points at all, and that really put him behind. Um, so, uh, so that was uh, two weeks ago. Then last week, was uh, round eight at the uh, um, Red Bull ring circuit. And uh, the winner in that race was Peter Berryman. Now, Peter Berryman has got a lot of P2s behind Martin Van Lusenord. So uh, even though Peter Berryman uh, hasn't won uh, five races in this series like Martin has, he was right on his tail in the points. Now, um, I didn't see what happened, but Martin didn't finish in the points again for round eight which meant that Peter Berryman actually took the points lead. So there's two weeks to go. Um, and it's been a, that's a really interesting way to go where this one guy has been winning and winning and winning and finds himself in sec place and points. Um, like I said, Peter Berryman's been very consistent. He's always been in the points and that's why he's been able to hang on to this lead despite Martin's uh, dominating victories. So um, there's only two, two uh, races left to go. Um, and I want to. It should should be a quite a f- interesting finish. The way these uh, races are going down like this, it is. And uh, yeah, it caught me off guard too. Uh, the point situation, uh, based on how many wins this guy has. So, it, like you said, the next two weeks are going to be real telling. And uh, you know, I think we're developing some new racing stars. You know, these these are new a lot of new names to the scene. At least to to. Uh, to me and uh you know i'm wondering how these guys are going to play out when we go into a world championship with the uh, f1 car you know yeah and i don't remember those guys being uh, top of the field in the uh porsche uh super cup series and i don't i don't even know if they were in that series but obviously they're very talented road racers so my guess is they probably are or could have been could be in there if they really uh put their mind to it so it'd be interesting to see if they stick with open wheels or, or, or maybe uh, try to advance in that, that Porsche Cup series as well. Brian, it could be that this car kind of suits them and they could have started off with this car when it first came out too, right? That's why they're working with it, maybe from day one. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a possibility, sure. Because it's, you know, it's, it's really new to the sin. When so, they put um, the car out, yeah, that they, could they be said it. they were going to have this championship. So, I mean, you could have been preparing from day one you know if you thought you had it yeah because i remember gregor hutu was really good in the in uh, i don't remember if they did the indy car but they did do the f1 car for a couple years in the the pro or the pro series and then i think when they went to the um you know the porsche cars it kind of was a little bit more neutralized for them yeah you're right craig um 
Gregor Hutu was dominant in the open wheel cars, and he did run in the Porsche series initially and uh, was not nearly as successful. So um, I don't know if he's still even on the sim, to be honest with you, but um, maybe it's something he would be thinking about coming back for. Let's talk uh, events. Uh, we got a new one announced. Yeah, uh, iRacing is presenting the 2021 Winter Derby. This one has got to have Adam excited. I haven't. I just asked him in chat if he's uh, going to do this, and he hasn't responded yet. One interesting thing is to increase participation. They've moved it into the NIS Open time slots since uh, NIS is off right now. So it's going to be running December or no November 17 through 21st with the time slots at. Wednesday, 9 Eastern, uh, Thursday, 2 Eastern, Friday, 9 Eastern, and Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. So literally the the, the a, or the NIS open time slots. It's the super late model in a 300-lap race at f- Five Flags. Um, Mike, do you have Five Flags? I don't, but I think I will uh, <laughs> buy this. Just, Just make so sure I can you wait. It. Yeah, make sure you wait until right before the before the race starts to buy it. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, you got to have D four point uh, It's going to start in Sim on December fifth, so uh, with a one p.m. start time. Three green white checkers, four sets of tires, open setup, uh, attached qualifying, three hundred laps, dynamic weather and sky, uh, splits by eye rating. Uh, drive through every 25 incidents with uh, and every following 12 and uh, the field size will be 36 there is no DQ limit so this is next week I think we should all try to run the Friday night uh, race I don't have anything going on Friday nights uh, officially so um, why not you know let's try it uh, it should be fun we just got to get Adam in into I mean he knows how to build a super late set so I'm down for it Especially if we can have a, a good set to go with it, yeah. And Bobby, when you listen back to this, I'll need a paint for uh, for that. All right, the next event was a reminder about the kids' event of 15-year-old and uh, under. Yeah, Mike, I'm going to just uh, elaborate on this one a little bit because um, we actually have uh, in chat, um, George uh, was thanking us for uh, covering this on the uh, podcast here. So... Um, the registration for this is, is already, uh, up and going. It's, uh, on the 24th, um, and it starts at, uh, 7 30 PM Eastern. Uh, it'll be in the Mazda, uh, MX five, uh, car at the legacy Michigan track. Um, there's no cost, uh, register as soon as possible. The sp- spots will be limited. Uh, the event is for family members, like Mike was saying, f- who are 15 years old or 15 years or older or under, sorry, to register and uh, need a league application sent to the uh, 3F Media uh, League. Uh, 7677 is the number for it. Uh, you have to include the family member's name and age uh, as well. So big event. This will be this will be interesting to see how this goes. And uh, um, just wanted to put that out there more because George was uh, talking about it in the chat. Yeah, cool. I hope uh, everyone takes advantage of that. The more, the merrier. Let's fill the room. And then, uh, Brian, tell us a reminder about Get Her Done Racing. Yeah, so Get Done Racing, it's a, a new iRacing league started by Pete Coco Puffs Copco. Um, that is uh, recruiting clean, respectful racers looking for good camaraderie 
and great racing. They're running races in the Gen 6 Cup cars on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. They're doing like a uh, test season, basically, from now until uh uh, the Daytona 500. So now till February, they're running like a mini season uh, just to work out all the kinks, being a new league, getting everything squared away. So their official uh, season one, I believe, is going to be technically going to be um, at the start of the Daytona week. So um, so you can still get in some good races now. Um, they are, uh, I know that uh, Chris Scales is uh, racing in this and uh, Tyler Williamson uh, one of our teammates, he also signed up to to do this uh, league on Sunday nights. Now that there's no Sunday night NIS, uh, you do have to be a minimum of 25 years older and I rating under 3,500 as well. Um, and I just, uh, they just announced that they're going to be trying a Tuesday night um, 87 uh, legends series as well. So um, if you, if you've been dying to find the 87 legends car uh, league, uh, check out get her done racing and uh, you can get into the Tuesday night league for uh, the, the legends as well. Wow. Lots of opportunity there. The other reminder, Logitech G Esports time trial, uh, Daytona uh, Chevy Camaro is still open through the end of the month. Uh, go run a couple laps and qualify for some prizes. And then the Landon Castle Qualifying Challenge. Uh, I went looking for an update since they announced it, and I haven't seen one, but uh, that's still out there. I don't know too many details on this, but it's uh, coming. I actually did find an article uh, that gives some more details than just the the Twitter post. Uh, they've got about a twelve thousand. They've got over a twelve thousand dollar prize pool now, and it's featuring the All Star qualifying format. I don't know if we talked about that or not, but they're actually going to encourage you to speed through pit road and um, do three laps with a green flag stop. So it's it's following that that All Star race qualifying format. I want to see that on the broadcast. I really want to see that. I just wish you could would show the. I'm hoping. I guess there would be no way to actually show the pit crew doing this stuff. No. But you'll see the car be jacked up in the air and be let down, that kind of thing. You know, that was it, all... Sorry, David. Yeah, the, it's a neat idea, except... I mean, I and I guess the pit, the the virtual pit crew can affect a real race, too, but to have that actually be a part of the format, it doesn't seem to make as much sense to me as it would in real life, where you actually have that that those guys being a part of the team human error yeah which is not really gonna in the game it's literally just a roll of the dice well if you think about you know the craziest qualifying in nascar ever i mean it has to include that you know race down pit road and with no no penalty you know so that's the thing it's that's it's all driver inputs there right like he's got to hit that pit stall at speed and that's probably one of the hardest I'll slide to through it. but how would they so the other thing that makes it same in in because uh, i think it's how are they going to do it properly because when they do it in real life they have two pit stalls they do it from whereas here you're going to get put into a pit stall so you're what if you're the first guy on pit road or the last guy it's kind Before of like after the line. There's right? no way to change that unless I don't know. You have to manually time it maybe. Um, or maybe you're taking the combination of two laps and adding them. Well, I just, I'm just saying like, it's, they can't, 
you know, if you're coming flying off of turn four and your first pit stall on pit road, you got to stop, stop, get get it rolled down and get on, and then you got to accelerate and try and go flying out the other end and get up on the track. Like it's a little bit different, right? Whereas where you're, they did it in actual NASCAR, they put it right in the middle of the pit road, so they could come flying down and then get back up to speed, and it's kind of even on each end. Okay, housekeeping. Don't forget the Aftermath podcast. I think they may record maybe this weekend. Uh, they got a new Discord. Uh, check that out. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Kind of makes me dizzy. Our simcoach.com sponsorship. Uh, we're going to have an affiliate link for you guys. It's not quite ready for this show. It'll be up next week. Uh, so make sure to check our social media for that. Uh, we'll post it. We'll put it on our show notes in the housekeeping section every week. And uh, you'll be able to get, I believe, 5% off your purchase by using our affiliate uh, code at checkout. We are at the Performance Motorsports Network. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. This is it, Fantasy. Uh, Brian, why don't you start us off with an email from a one of our fantasy listeners yeah so we got a note uh earlier in the week i'm uh trick dickle he's one of the fantasy uh drivers and uh he asked uh just out of curiosity how come you guys don't go by the playoff points for fantasy instead of the overall most guys have a few weeks over the course of the season where they forget to set lineups or whatever not a big deal they were just wondering so um my short answer is, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Tony, Tony Gross kind of set the deal up with this. Um, I, I, this is the way it's been run for the past, uh, past few years. Um, it's something to consider though. I do, I do think it's something to consider because not only does it, uh, you know, kind of give a break to guys who weren't around maybe, or missed a lineup set, um, and uh, might keep some more people interested in the last few weeks of the season. You know, this this year, uh, Dog and Tony Groves kind of running away from it, and uh, there wasn't really any other chance for anybody to catch them. But, you know, it, it's 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 the same conversation you hear a lot about NASCAR is why don't, why doesn't the, uh, why do they do the playoffs at all? Why don't they just have the winner, uh, a season-long winner like they uh, used to in the old days? But, who knows? We could maybe we could consider that for next year to uh, maybe get get some more people interested in it. We'll we'll, we'll look into that. It's like a Matt Kenseth rule, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, okay. So I brought up the standings as if we were doing the playoff uh, standings, and guess who the winner is? It's Trick Dickel. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to say congratulations to Trick Dickel, even though. You know, the entire season, we didn't really acknowledge the playoff points. I still want to say, you know, well done. I mean, I think that Tony and the rest of us, we need to sit down before the season starts and decide which one are we really going to acknowledge. Because I think there's something to be said for playing, for using the playoff points versus regular. Uh, like you said, not everybody can be there every week. This is a long season. Well, that same argument about if it was playoffs or if it was regular season points happens all the time with uh, real racing too. And it's, it's 
so what strategy and approach the competitors are going to take depends on the the set of rules so that valid that argument is never valid and i don't think any of us knew that there were two different sets of points really i mean i think i might have seen it but i don't you know i wasn't sure i knew the difference yeah this was my first year uh NASCAR fantasy and uh yeah I didn't know that they they had a separate um a separate section for uh playoff points so that's a that's a point um I'm not saying that he's being self self-serving because he would have won the thing but uh, maybe maybe he did miss some weeks in the year and thought maybe he would he would have had a lot better shot if it was a playoff season so uh, I'm good with it I think it's a good suggestion and uh you know something we'll do for next year uh, in the meantime, we hope everybody comes back and uh, and takes part again. This is a fun part of the show. It's a fun part of bragging rights every every week that we talk about. Yeah, I, and I'm sure there's other drivers that would have done better off if we had done playoff points. Like Smiling Ninja would have finished third, right above Tony in fourth. And uh, I'm sure she would have had bragging rights for sure there. <laughs> Yeah, that's no doubt. Because if we look at the regular overall point standings, it was Res Dog, Tony in second, Smiling Ninja in third. And so Tony just uh, edged her out there just a little bit and beat her. And so, uh, yeah, so there might be some bragging rights uh, depending on which way we go. Got to find out what they are drinking in their household to make picks like that when they're both in the top. <laughs> that's a good point. So, so I guess uh, let's, over the finals. you want to read off the overall since we've already talked the playoff ones? Yeah, so uh, uh, as you guys talked about last week, Res Dog took a pretty much commanding lead, uh, insurmountable pretty much, and uh, early enough, he, he does take the crown. So congratulations to Red Dog. Res Dog, he's uh, the uh, 2021 uh, Irish's Lounge Fantasy Podcast champion so uh tony groves did finish second he did close the gap a little bit but but uh he had way too big of a uh gap to to to, to fill there um so uh third place smiling ninja as we've mentioned just in time finishes fourth s ross uh lx 1986 uh, finishes in fifth and and trictical finishes in sixth place um uh, Jedi McFly, Chris Gales finishes eighth, so he's the best of the rest as far as Team Tafosi goes. Uh, two spots behind him was uh, Greg here uh, in 10th place. Uh, 11th or 12th goes to Stephen Lou Allen, Tony Rochette's in 13. That's Tony the Tiger. Uh, uh, Tyler Williamson finishes in 14th. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, I who finished in 18th place, and Michael Dean Ellis, 24th. So Michael pulls Mike's up the uh, caboose in this particular train. Kind of gave up at the end there. Well, uh, if we do want to go back and uh, check out the results for Phoenix Race, the, the winner was S. Ross LX, 1986 is his handle, and he took the win for the week. Uh, Trick Dickel finished second. Uh, Greg uh, Frozen Cactus finishes third for the week. Uh, Tony Grove finished uh, tied with actually Greg. And uh, Laird Racing was fifth. 
and uh, I finished sixth for the week. So I feel like I'll have a lot better handle of how to do this now that I have a season under my belt. Um, uh, I, I still have an issue where most of the times I don't watch the races live, so I can't make uh, those garage changes, which always seem to help out a lot. But um, yeah, uh, it's definitely looking forward to doing this again next year. I think I, I, I think I can do a lot better than what I did. Yeah, it's been fun doing fantasy this year. Looking forward to it. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, Greg, let's uh, kick off the hardware software. What do you got for us first? We got a tease uh, from Track Racer. Uh, they've Their TR Pro... Um, they're calling and has set a new benchmark in sim rigs to inspire the upcoming up, upcoming Alpine racing TRX formula GT hybrid. I'm not sure what that all means. Um, do you have any more information on that? Mike more than that, or is it just them just showing this inspiration with this tray that they're doing? In the well, video? if you click on the link, it's in a video and it shows that the pedal or excuse me, the wheel mount where you or where or the where you mount your wheel is movable and you can move it forward backwards you can tilt it um it it's got uh rails on each side that it slides on and it's kind of a unique design so they they're updating their TR8 uh which is a tubular cockpit and they're basically uh this is one of the things they're updating is having the the wheel that can is completely you know customizable as as far as pulling it towards you i like the fact that maybe when you're done racing you can just loosen it quickly and push it back away from you so you can step out easily uh it looks very easy to manipulate there's just a couple little twist handles on each side uh to tighten it down yeah so it's kind of basically it reminds me of like either a drawer uh, it's like on a drawer hinge or uh something like that where it just pulls in and out and uh there's uh, it's almost like a bike seat uh, tie there that uh, holds it to uh, to stop too. But it's kind of it's an interesting design. You don't see that very often in a lot of these uh, rigs, do you? It is unique. I don't think we've seen anything like this, especially with the sliders. Uh, the way, like you said, it's like a drawer almost. I'll pick up the next one. We have an alpha wind simulator, though. When I click on the link, I couldn't really get much additional information because it takes us to a site in the Netherlands, but then it just shows an empty, uh, basically shelf, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Uh, it shows a filter of wind simulation, but there's no items listed. So I'm not well, sure exactly what we got. This going website. There. Yeah, it did work. Um, perhaps the link is broken, broken. Um, but if David, if you click the the logo at the top, it'll take you to the home page, and then you can navigate to the products. But they sell uh, all kinds of different sim hardware here. All the the big brands. Uh, you can get wheels, pedals, seats, cockpits, everything. Um, and so you said they were out of Netherlands. Mm-hmm. They have they have all the standard hardware. I thought just this was just listed specifically as a a wind simulation hookup but uh, when you go to the wind simulation filter it's empty so i wonder if they took it off uh, uh they had it for sale maybe they took it uh it's not for sale anymore so yeah let's move on to the next one well here we have a review um of the uh 
I guess another way, Prime Sim Racing Pedals. It was it's by Boosted Media with uh, Will Ford and uh, Brian or no Mike. Actually, did you get a chance to look at this one? I did, and um, you know, Will is uh, is like Barry. I mean, he's trying to be like, uh, let's review the hardware, let's break it down, let's take it apart, let's uh, let's talk about build quality, and um, you know, his, you know, Will was being nice, but. The build quality on these was there were some little issues. There were some burrs in the metal and different things like that, and um, a lot of things that could be corrected, you know, easily that he pointed out. But at the end of the day, the pedals did get uh, the job done. Uh, the name is kind of unique. It's called Another Way, and uh, yeah. Now these are out of Poland, I believe it is. One of the uh things about this pedal system that's unique is that it's got that direct controller which is like a uh it's a separate controller that that changes some of the uh the uh, pressures and stuff on the brake pedals remotely so that's a that's something i don't think i've ever seen before in pedals yeah like a remote control almost a wired remote control what it reminds me of it reminds me of the fanatec um how you, uh, you know, change sensitivities for everything for it. It's, uh, it, it just kind of just a different way of doing it, right? It says the direct controller is undoubtedly the greatest advantage of prime pedals. We can precisely set the dead zones and the characteristics of the pedals using it without having to turn off the game. So typical load cell kind of pedals and price. I don't know if I saw a price. Okay, uh, money bag Brian. This is a great question for you. Do you need a gaming monitor for sim racing? Well, uh, this video came from OC Racing, and he did a YouTube channel uh, or YouTube video, and he's asking if you need to have a gaming uh, monitor for sim racing as opposed to maybe a lower uh, hertz type of uh, monitor or a TV screen even. Um, so. In the uh, in the world of like competitive first-person shooter type of games, um, that refresh rate is very important because you know it it helps you to get have the advantage over other other uh, other players who who might not be able to see things as quickly or as clearly or or the um, you know or or, or like uh, bullets might might not might not go where you think they are stuff like that is just really important if you're in the high-end type of uh, fps type of system but this guy's asking if you need that kind of refresh rate and those kind of uh frame rates on uh sim racing and basically he said he he didn't come to that conclusion that 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 uh, having a, a standard, uh, like a lower lower refresh rate uh, TV or or lower, you know, maybe a not quite as high end monitor, doesn't really make a huge difference. That he found while sim racing, the uh, the, uh, the the turns that you're looking into, you know, uh, and and the uh, and and being able to see ahead in the track didn't really seem to make a difference for him. He was not able to increase times or his performance by using a, a higher end gaming, higher refresh rate uh, type of uh, system. So according to uh, OC Racing, he doesn't think that's absolutely necessary, which is uh, which is good to hear because, you know, it just means that uh, it's another, you know, you don't have to dish out 
tons of money to have the, these high-end systems to make you better on the track. Well, and VR is capped at 80 or 90, right? FPS, most of, most of the mid-level VRs are. And uh, you don't, you're not, your eyes are not going to perceive, perceive any kind of flickering with that. You know, old, old TV ran at 30 FPS and you, you, it's not going to cause any timing issues. Greg, Craig's old computer ran at 30 frames per second. So <laughs> this is reassuring to me because I run 60 hertz monitors. Um, you know, it's good to hear uh, another opinion that it's perfectly fine for sim racing. I'm sure if I was playing Call of Duty or something, it might not be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could have spent a lot more money on my triples and got, you know, the 144 hertz or whatever, but uh, I didn't. I got the cheapest uh, possible ones I could possibly get, and uh, and they've been fine. And I really haven't second guessed that purchase. And I guess it's just nice to hear that somebody else out there thinks uh, it's not necessary. Well, and Mike, what um, they're saying here too is, um, like, what I find with racing too is you want a consistent frame rate. You don't want it bouncing around more than anything. You don't is the refresh rate. Yeah, is good, but you want something where you're consistently seeing and and getting the data to your eyes at a consistent rate instead of you know it bouncing around. Say from you know in one part of a track, it's you know taking up more frame rate and it's slowing down, and and to another part of the track where it speeds back up. You want it to just stay you know consistent. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Greg. And that's something, you know, that you can um, control in your graphic settings too. You know, if you have a system that kind of bogs down, my, mine, my, my frame rate drops a lot when, um, when I come like to like the front stretch and all the pit stalls are open, you know, the frame rate will drop. And I think it's, you get that, you get that, feeling of you know you're running nice and smooth and then all of a sudden you're choppy and then you're smooth again um so i've had to dial, dial a few things back to get that smooth consistent drive and i think you, that makes a, a really good point it's also really nice to know that you know if you do have some money to to spend on your rig for upgrades uh this might not be the best way to spend it to increase your performance. You know, you may be better off with, with better pedals um, or better steering wheel, something like that. So that's good. This is good information now, I think. Speaking of better pedals, you might be better off with Simcoach pedals. And for the meantime, there's, they have a 10% off site wide. If, if you go check them out. Okay. Let's talk Intel chips. We got videos, uh, talking about the new Intel offering. And uh, I got a summary here. I did watch uh, these videos. And the summary is it runs really, really hot. You're gonna need a top of the line cooler and it will still run super hot. DDR5 won't be cheap. And the same is true of the new motherboard that you need to go with the chip. It does have PCI Express Gen 5 which will unlock full capabilities of future graphics cards. So it is uh, future-proof. They do have the new DMI 4.0 link between CPU and chipset, which means more and better. And the i9-12900K at $650 gets the nod if you're a gamer. Uh, if you're looking for budget, uh, the i5 
12,600K is a good value at $320. This chip is still a generational leap over the comparable priced Ryzen 5 5600X. So what chip did you do? Ryzen 7 Series 5800X. And what was the price on the chip? Without a cooler, I think it was, I want to say it was in the 300, like just, just at the $300 range. Okay. I did uh, check out um, these uh, 12 gens, um, and uh, the ones I saw were running around 690 for the chip. Uh, I, I found, and it's not available right now on all websites. Uh, Newegg didn't have it, um, but I think uh, Micro Center did. So it's still still not available anywhere you look. But um, yeah, I did watch this video that uh, about, about this, and uh, it did put up some really good performance. Um, but uh, like you said, Mike, the the, uh, the heating seems like it's gonna it could be an issue now. From what I remember him saying in the video, that he didn't have the heat issue so much gaming as he did for some of the other some of the other stuff that he was using it with, um, which I felt I found to be a little surprising because sometimes gaming can can really tax a system. I think the uh, the other things he was comparing it to were uh, like high end uh, high end type uh, bundling type programming stuff. So graphics um, design is and yeah. video editing are really rendering intensive. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it wasn't as hot for gaming uh, in his review that, as it was for other things. So maybe it could be manageable, um, but uh, we'll see. Man, if I was doing a new build, I might be looking at that i9 chip at 650. Is it, um, looking at the video here, like obviously they offer just a normal cooler um, with it, like the fan cooler. Does that kind of defeat the purpose? You know, if they're saying it's really hot, Obviously, you're going to have to go to a, a water-cooled, intercooled one, no matter what. Yeah, it was kind of a joke, I think, during the video with Linus. Uh, just kind of toss that thing to the side because, like you said, it's worthless. Well, and that was when I, when I was building mine. That was the, the person, the guy at the store asked me, he goes, you know, what are you, what are, what are the sustained time that you're going to be doing? And I said, well, I'm sim racing, so that can be, you know, 10 minutes long if I have a bad race or it could be a couple hours. And he goes, well, it's probably in your best bet to water cool. And I, I, I said, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds right. Because, you know, you just want to keep everything, the heat down as much as you can in there. He actually, uh, he actually mentioned something in that, in that uh, video that I was surprised by that uh, some of the real top end fans were outperformed some of the uh, liquid cooling systems, which, uh, I hadn't heard that before, but he, he says that, that that is the case. I've never tried liquid cooled. I think my next build will be that, but it always is a little intimidating. Well, I mean, they make the basic coolers like I have on mine that are are like are no brainers. You just bolt it on, and um, it comes with two two attachments: one for AMD's attachment, one for Intel's attachment. Um, and then you just basically bolt it together and, and run the, you know, make sure you know where you're running everything going to be because the system's closed when you buy it in the package, right? Yeah, liquid, liquid cool always made me a little nervous because liquid and high-end uh, computer chips 
never seemed like it was a good idea to mix and match, but I guess they're pretty safe. How about some new headphones, David? Yeah, I was going to take this one. Um, these are the Epos or Epos H6 Pros. They're wired open acoustic gaming headsets, and they are available in the racing green at 180. That's pretty steep, but it looks like it comes with a with a microphone if you like to have the built-in microphone. And um, looking at details, it's just you kind of you know it's an open ear headphone set. I can't tell you anything about the sound quality without popping them into my ears. What I find interesting looking at the image here, like what's the, is it just a mesh design on the outside or is there a reason that they kind of got it open there on the outside? It's going to allow outside sound to still enter. Okay. There are cases when you want that, like say, say if you actually have headphones in the, uh, when you're riding a bike or something like that. Uh, like I won't use over the ear headphones if I'm out riding a bike. I have the I have the ones that I can hear easily outside of. I love the look of them. It's got the soft green, kind of the uh, Aston Martin Aston Martin color, yeah. And and they they look kind of premium, you know. They don't look cheap. Well, that's a high price. Um, my Sony's that I that I absolutely love are not near that price. You know, it looks like the top part of the, the headband looks like it's got leather on it or a type of leather, maybe. Pretty cool. Pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Google advertised this to me based on my search history. And uh, I was like, well, well, let's take a look at these. Your search history, did it have a girl wearing them? <laughs> just the headphones? All right. Well, Brian AMD, they take a shot. Yeah, so uh, apparently AMD is launching a new GPU. So uh, this is called the uh, Instinct M1 200. They say it's nearly five times faster than the NVIDIA A100 for HPCs. So, uh, but uh, so it's a uh, sounds uh, very promising. I'm not that familiar with the with these GPUs. Um, so, uh, but uh, it's something might you want to consider if you're uh, starting uh, a new build I mean, it looks like at least in sim racing we talk a lot about nvidia I, I, I we don't talk about amd very much i mean but there's people out there that use it no i don't know a lot about this i saw this at forbes and uh, thought we'd mention it quickly i'll take uh this I was one say mike did you pick up this moza oh yeah so we got will ford uh one of my favorite uh youtube guys now on Boosted Media, reviewing the new Moza R16 direct drive wheelbase. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks when it was announced uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they sent him one for review. Uh, he's picked it apart and done his normal thing, and uh, it was interesting. Um, it's, this, this company is out of China. What he found is it's, a, it's very much like the Sim Magic wheel. And in fact, there are certain parts on both of those companies' wheels that appear to be identical or identical design. Uh, Will didn't try to speculate who copied who, <laughs> um, but there's definitely some copying going on uh, between Moza from China and Sim Magic from China as well. And so, um, 
he speculated that perhaps some of the parts even came off the same assembly line. But um, again, not, not a lot of information. Uh, the other thing that was a little off-putting was he had a pre-production model and it had a few issues and they had to send him a different one. And so, um, you know, kind of give him a bad taste off right off the bat. But um, at the end of the day, you know, he did like it. He really liked the uh, quick release. So, yeah, another player to the wheel market. I mean, the more the merrier. That'll drive prices down, you know. Just watching his setup there, it's such a perfect field of view where it's sitting and what he's racing. It's awesome. I've got a uh, sim pit review coming up next. And we, I think we've talked about this rig before, right? It's kind of a... Uh, we have. It's a, it's a wooden rig. Right? Isn't this, isn't this the yeah. one that uh, Tony has? No. Or like it? Oh, you, Tony Gross? Yeah, he has something like this, I think. In fact, this might be it. I did take a glance through the to, through the video. Obviously, it's uh, didn't get to spend a whole half hour watching it, but uh, I did. I basically skipped to the summary, so I'm just going to blitz down this the summary on the good and the bad. It is extremely adjustable, which for both the wheels, pedal seat, and monitor, uh, that's something you don't see in a lot of the the non aluminum rigs. It's ex extremely stiff and stable. Michael liked that. All right. Um, it's a uh, he likes the styling and the look. It's the he says it's very the most formula cockpit he's driven because it lays down kind of really low. Um, he likes the modular line, modular modular design, which means he can he can bring it up. He it works with all the equipment and he likes the finish. Those are kind of the big ones that he had check marked. And then he broke he listed some cons as well. Um, it's very low to the ground, so you old folks that that uh, don't work out. You're in trouble. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like the uneven floors on it, and also the, the edges of the leg support padding. They can, they can ruffle. All right, and there there are some things with the adjustments that are difficult, and it is a challenging build. But at four hundred dollars euro for an inexpensive cockpit, it's got a lot of value. I mean, based on his uh, positive list there. Especially if you like the aesthetic of the wood for the for the framing. Yeah, he described the wood as like a really dense particle board. I mean, it is wood, but he compared it to steel. He said, you know, it doesn't feel any unstiffer than, you know, a, a piece of, you know, real thick steel. And, and uh, he had a lot of good things to say about the quality of the wood. I got this one, uh, last one before we go to results. And the title of this video was the best sim racing cockpit I've ever used. Are you starting to have second thoughts? I, I'm not because, so I forget this guy's name, but uh, he's, he's, uh, he's on overtake.gg, uh, which does a lot of sim racing videos. And he's talking about the next level elite, uh, sim rig which i almost purchased uh before i decided on sim lab uh it's the one where it's got the angled uprights uh for the wheelbase um it looks kind of sleek and modern you can also get the iRacing branded version of it uh but anyway i digress the video goes on to say how it's the best sim racing cockpit he's ever used however when he talks about the wheel flex 
I mean, it was very visible and noticeable when he was like moving the wheel up and down and, and it made me just kind of sigh relief. You know, it's funny that he says it's so good, but it has that movement. And, um, I forget, forget exactly how he described, he, he said it, but it was amusing. But, uh, you know, it's a neat looking rig and, you know, if I hadn't, done my research i would have definitely ended up with one i think and i love the way it's packaged uh, there was a second video i found of a review of it and uh it's so neat that it's in a box all together and and it's got a proper packaging and it's just different than other sim rigs the way they present it you know it's also sold differently than other sim rigs it's sold through uh, amazon um you know b h photo you know, places like that is where you buy the sim rig. to uh, results and finish out our NIS season. Phoenix, let's wrap it up uh, at Friday Open. P10, I got a bad cue as usual. I worked my way up to top five. I ran fifth to second for most of the race. I made some bad tire decisions near the end and got wrecked a couple of times. Put to the back near the end. I'll take the top 10. It's my first finish in over three weeks. Uh, and I ended up 35th in points, Division 2. Greg, you got wrecked out. Yeah, I was wrecked out late. Which is frustrating on a full distance race, huh? Well, and I think the, the biggest problem I had was um, I got a, a black flag because somebody wouldn't get back around the track. So I had to do an under, uh, under the green flag and I got three laps. Uh, all, oh, sorry, it was two laps, almost three laps, and then um, went to a third lap, got back on a lap. I got down to one lap. Problem I was having once I was on the one lap or two laps is guys that were getting in the wrecks that uh, were bringing out the caution, um, they would stay down pit road uh, and fix their damage and go one lap down and then be the lucky dog the next time. Um, because I took wave rounds and I'd be at the back and I could never get back up to them. And it just, it seemed to be happening every time and I just couldn't, I couldn't overcome it. And then by the time I, something happened, I got into a wreck and uh, it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Yeah, that was a frustrating race. I could tell in your voice uh, on TeamSpeak. Uh, Tony Rochette, P8, he said, I uh, think this is the first Phoenix race I've completed in a couple of years. Got caught in a wreck that put me down a couple of laps. I got him back. I got doored by an asshat on a restart that wanted to go down to the wall, and I wasn't moving, so he wrecked himself. And then I got caught up in a wreck on the white flag, but puttered to the finish. Been a good year for me in Division Three, as I'll finish eighth and 21 top fives, which lands me fourth in overall NIS, but no wins WTF. He was knocking on the door a few times for wins. Kyle Pendigraph, he blinked out and then wrecked out. Sunday open, David, P7. 
Yeah, it looks like I was the only one that ran. I guess y'all all got your fill of it Friday. I was out doing the reunion band stuff for homecoming at ASU. So, got up Sunday morning, ran it, and uh, finally somewhat broke a little bit of the streak. I don't know. Until I get like two good races in a row, I'm, I'm going to say I'm still in the slump. But I did survive this one in top split and finished P7. Um, and that also gave me enough points to, to put me up into P7 for Division 1 on the season. Well done. I mean, that's uh, that's an accomplishment for for sure. P seven, Division one. Yeah, I sat P five. You know, P four, P five for most of the season. But uh, when the the drop weeks started kicking in, those guys who were skipping the road weeks suddenly caught up with us all. All right, Sunday fixed um, the final official race in the Gen six car for me probably, um, and I wrecked out. Uh, it was a second green white checker. And I got ran over from behind and literally shot to the moon. Now I posted a replay in the chat of this. I, and I don't know if it came through on the video so you guys could see it, but I mean, I'm not kidding when it went to the moon. Um, at some point, you know, when it left the atmosphere, it reset back to pit road, but the left wheel of the car was a good 25 feet away from the car. And the axle was like stretched. And, uh, you know, it was up a good couple miles above the surface of the earth. Uh, yeah, what a way to go out. Um, and I had a pretty good run, you know, up into that point. Um, probably had a top 10 going. Kyle, uh, he got a P3. Now, I couldn't hear Kyle in the team speak the entire race. I don't know what happened there, but um, he said, I redeemed myself from the bad luck lately and got a humbling P3. In the farewell goodbye to the Gen 6 NIS Cup car races. It was bittersweet as I fought hard and ran a solid top 10 all race long with a few, a few bit of trouble. But to start 11th and finish third, I'll take that all day long. Uh, Tom Dryling, he ran with me. Uh, he got wrecked out. Um, I don't remember the circumstances, but he wasn't able to finish. Loving his new wheel, by the way. Yeah, it's always great to hear the testimonials. And I guess that moves us on to the uh, league race. And um, I ran this one, did okay. Uh, did Got a decent result off of pit strategy and uh, finished P3. And I, I that was about the most major thing I think that happened. Well, you're talking fast track, Sim Racing League. It was the final race. And uh, Greg, let's talk your, your race first. You got a P2, but that was enough to win the championship. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, there was not much going on, right, David? Nothing really happened in that race. <laughs> Way to undercut the championship there. Yeah, I, I was battling it out for the end for the first, but uh, I, I couldn't overcome uh, Wes's uh, running of the high line there and didn't want to wreck us. It was, uh, it was a good race. Um, all I needed was P2 to finish in front of everybody else. That uh, I think, what, me, Wes, and David, and was Johnny. John? John, John, yeah, Johnny. He, uh, they were, we were the only ones that did a one stopper, and the rest of the field did a two stopper. And once again, two never beats one. Yep. And I did the two stop. I was the guy who uh, went the other way. Uh, Joe did as well. And I got I, P11. Joe got P16. And I told you, don't take one, don't take two stops. Did I not? You're like, well, I gotta do something different. 
Well, I was running in the back and, you know, I wasn't going to win, you know, even if I did a one stop stopper. So I wanted to do something different, but that was my reasoning. Uh, but, but David, you were right at the end of the day. And, you know, I appreciate your team leadership, making sure Greg picked the right strategy. <laughs> I had a crew chief on the box that was already doing that, that we were already calling. Bobby was in my ear the whole race. Um, and I knew it was going to be a one-stopper after I saw how long you can go. I, I figured it was going to play out like Atlanta if we didn't have a caution from previous parts of the season. And um, David and I did the same thing, but we just had a reverse finishing positions for the two of us. Um, I don't know. I came, I came on pretty strong at the end of that season to be able to move on and get into this championship and honestly when that race started I felt like Kyle Larson mid midway through the race near the end there even um, didn't know if I was going to get it and then once it started playing out a certain way if it didn't have a caution which it didn't we went 156 laps without a caution and uh, wrapped it up took the championship and uh, took it <laughs> took the championship for uh, Bobby there too uh, who graciously sponsored me all season with the Simraps car too yeah well done representing our team well to get that job done yeah the no caution you know but at the end there when there were you know 20 to go and whatnot we were just you know holding our breath man we don't need a caution because that would have changed everything in that race yeah and i'm not sure uh, i don't know i think david said he was getting tight on the long runs but uh i'm not sure i would have had anything for you know tyler marble jeff marble and uh scott was it glass glass um glasnos or whatever <laughs> i don't know if i would have had anything for them on a short run i, I just don't know um I took a chance on a setup to start the race and I looked like it wasn't going to pay off for a while there, but uh, it came on near the end and uh, once that track rubbered up, it kind of acted, basically acted like Richmond and that's the set I had in there, it was a Richmond set from previous parts of the season and it ran better than any of the Phoenix stuff that I felt all week. All right, yeah, Fast Track Sim Racing League has been great. Um, they're running again, definitely. Uh, starting in Daytona and uh, Monday nights, and I'm looking forward to it already. They're also doing a truck series as well next season. Now, I'm going to jump back to official and talk about some official racing that I have notated here real quick. I've been running this week uh, Mazda Cup at Oran Park. And Oran Park, as you might know by now, is one of my favorite road courses. Uh, I just seem to do well there. I don't know what it is, but uh, I had I ran uh, several times. Uh, qualified P3, finished P2. Um, qualified P4, finished P2. Qualified P7, finished P3. And then I ran it again today before the podcast and finished uh, P20, or excuse me, qualified P20, finished P9. And was out of 33. I mean, there were tons of people in this race and uh, it split several times and there were 33 cars in the race and uh, I started 20th, I was up to ninth after the first lap and I just loved just kind of getting through that carnage and, uh, and getting a nice top 10. Uh, I also ran today uh, a 360 dirt car at Bristol, qualified P5 and finished P4. 
out of 18. And uh, I'm getting better at that dirt car, I think, now that I've figured out the wing. And what's funny is, as we were sitting on grid, I asked the question about a w the wing. Hey, were you guys running it forward or back? And everybody in the room was like, what are you talking about? They had no idea that you could move the wing. That's crazy. I, they still beat me, even though they didn't move the wing. <laughs> All right, let's jump to uh, Winter League. Started up this uh, week, guys, and I got P21. Uh, my race, we got as high as 18th, maybe. And for a restrictor plate, I was kind of embarrassed, to tell you the truth. I mean, we had a bad qualifying, all three of us. I, I think we decided our first lap was going to be the best when most everyone had a better lap on their second lap. Uh, so we started well back. But uh, the racing is just horrible in this package at this track. I mean, we were just, it was just a fight to get single file. And if you went to the outside, you were going backwards, guaranteed, pretty much. There was a point where I was watching what the outside was doing while we were just kind of riding on the inside around 20th or so. And there was a eight deep outside lane. And it was just, you know, we're not talking just two or three trying to pick up. It was eight deep and they were just continuing and continuing to fall back. I, mean, I know we're getting rid of this car, but it's, it's just that doesn't seem realistic. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, David, you got P30. Lap car didn't hold a line. Yeah, um, we were lapping a lap car who decided to stay on the inside. Problem is, he also didn't stay on the inside. He came up just enough, and I moved up just enough to avoid him, and that coded into Christian Challenger, and it ruined both of our races. Yeah, and uh, I witnessed a real big wreck right behind me. We were, desperation was kind of sinking in in the back of the field where nobody was able to go forward because the outside didn't work. And we were literally like, uh, you know, fighting two, three wide for like 25th, 28th, you know. And uh, at one point, Tyler Hudson came up through the middle and made us three wide. and somebody couldn't hold it and, and they all piled up and Tyler left early uh, because of that but Greg you got P23 what do you want to say about your winter league couldn't catch a break I was too polite as a Canadian uh, I don't know I you got screwed a couple times yeah I restrictor plate racing or plate racing I guess we call it now it's just not, it's something I, you know, I just never have been really good on. And especially now with the package, I seem to, you know, lose the pack for some reason. And I don't, you know, maybe it's just, I'm not just aggressive enough and it doesn't suit my style, but you know, it's four races a year. Uh, we'll see what the next package is like. And, but you know, it's, it's something I got to either work on or I just have to accept uh, that it's going to be, uh, fight each time we get to go to that track. I don't think I've ever seen checkups as much as I did in that race. I mean, we were hitting the brakes. We were running over each other. Greg, I hit you so hard, I knocked you down into pit road and they had to clear your flag. I mean, it was crazy. You notice that was most of the time happening the few laps after the, the, the start, right? It's because it was, it was happening every time somebody would find a gap and dive down into it. It would slow it would slow everybody down 
right the outside the guy on the outside desperate to get inside and like you said dive into a hole that everybody has to check up and we were so far back i think it's just an exaggerated uh accordion effect you know i just to be honest i can't i can't figure out for the life of me why for you know i i would guess one of the most common rooms to set up would be a restrictor plate room and and you know race and and do on on the sim for racing wise uh for the oval side why has iRacing not figured out a way to make it more realistic feeling? Like there's just no outside line um, to where you can just consistently run properly with uh, with the inside line. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. We're switching cars, so. All right, we're look, looking forward to the Winter League. It was fun to chat with Alan Pajari, uh, uh, who helps run that league over there. Uh, he uh, chatted with us during the race last night, and it was good to catch up. Uh, let's talk hosted. I ran the Chris McGuire hosted uh, Daytona prototypes at Talladega. I can't tell you how much fun this is, guys. These things uh, make a huge hole in the air, and the drafting is intense. Uh, you can hold it three, four wide without wrecking because there's a lot of downforce. I mean, you can kind of touch each other and, and not wreck. So it's it's a blast. Uh, I definitely recommend it. OBRL, Brian, Charlotte, Pete on it. Yeah, so uh, this was uh, Charlotte Oval. Um, there was, uh, this is the last race before the, the playoff drivers whittled from 12 to eight, and I was at ninth going into the race. Um, and I totally screwed up qualifying. I hit the wall coming out of turn four on my first lap, so I didn't get any time for that. And I screwed all my momentum up for the second lap. So I wound up starting uh, like in 15th or 16th. So uh, um, I, I, I uh, the first, it was uh, the race went green the whole way. So uh, there was two pit stops. Um, I, my first pit run was pretty solid. I actually was moving up. I think I did a really good job saving tires on that first run. Um, and then uh, I pitted early just to uh, just to try to make up some track position on a group of cars that was directly in front of me. And I did. I came out in front of them. But um, I think on the second second run, I used up my tires. You know, it's like the first the first uh, at the start of the race, you're, you're not pushing the car real hard because you're in a big group of cars. And then uh, after you get and, and you wind up saving tires that way. And then after you get through a clean pit stop and there's no cars around you, you wind up tearing the damn rubber off the car. So I think that's what I think that's what happened on me on my second run. Uh, I, my tires, I was 10 percent lower on my right front than I was on the first run. So um, and then I wound up losing a few positions. I finished ninth place and uh, didn't make didn't make the cut for the time top eight um, I also had a this is how my race my season's gone so far this year I got I got turned into by uh, by a driver going into turn one when he was telling his wife that uh, what their password was for Netflix and he uh, was distracted uh, so it didn't didn't hurt me too bad but um, that's 4x 
and you know you lose five bonus points and you get four penalty points right there so you know that's a nine point swing that that just from making contact with the car uh, by accident you know the guy was apologetic and it wasn't that big a deal but you know just just seems to how my racing season went for the ORL this this particular year well if it's anything like my wife it, she'd be like just pause your game and and so i can watch my show here you know exactly the other thing is uh you know the tires usually wear more on the first run than the second run yeah uh, my first run was uh was 57 on the right front my second run was 40 second uh, 47 on the second run so i, I dropped 10 percent on my right front tire on that second run you think it was clean air no i think it was just uh, um at the start of the race you know you're just you're just being real conservative, being real safe, and you're not pushing the car real hard. And then you get out, you get out of the pit stall after that first pit stop, and there's you're no like, cars, oh. no cars around you. And it's just like, I gotta go. And uh, and I think that's what it was. Yeah. OBRL aftermath truck series. It was Br- Bruce Pearson wins a iRacers Lounge aftermath podcast NASCAR truck series at Daytona with Ralph Vandervorsty in second and Mike Watts third yeah congratulations to uh mr pearson on that one he's a he's a really good driver um he's been around in obr for a while and he's not one of the guys you see uh winning a whole lot um but he's always a really good safe driver and uh consistent driver so congratulations all right let's jump to final thoughts brian mccubbin um so i want to say that uh i want to talk about practice a little bit um you know uh trying to make the cut for this OBRL. I, I actually uh, did a little bit more practicing before the races started than I normally do. Um, but I didn't really feel like it made a huge difference. And uh, the reason is, is because I think, I think we equate the amount of practice uh, with quality practice. And, um, and that's something I really want to start working on um, as the new seasons come up is, you know, if you're practicing, uh, the wrong thing for a hundred laps, you didn't really learn anything. So uh, my goal this year is, I don't know if it would go through coaching or maybe some uh, sessions with uh, some guys who are, who are better than me, uh, is learning how to do things better and practicing, practicing things the right way. You know, you can, you can do the wrong thing a hundred times and it's not going to make you any faster at all. Uh, so, uh, it's something I want to, get into this year and uh to really try to take my skills up a little bit higher i like it maybe that's why i don't practice is i don't know how well i think brian's on onto a thing there because i mean you have to know what you're trying to do the practice for right like you're just going in there to log laps and run fast hot laps yeah you're okay you might as well throw qualifying sets in and only practice that you you got to make sure you have an agenda before you go out on that track to test what you're doing because if you don't know what you want to accomplish like Brian says you're going to get lost it, you need to you know if you i like i i find even when i talk to david like we, we were i asked him about the practice what do you think the run will be a good test on each track where, you know, how many laps where we, a good feeling would be. I'll, I'll message him and I'll ask him just to get his thought. But, you know, it's, you know, you got to get 20 laps or 30 laps. And 
the thing is, is when you're doing something like that, it's comparing um, consistent lap times to uh, to figure out what you want. Or, you know, if you're you're doing the two lap sprints, which Mike probably would be more inclined to be doing, is trying to do his fast laps. Um, but if you're in a fixed setup. Brian, I think what you you know, if you're going to be practicing for some of these league stuff, I think you might be looking for more towards you got to figure out how to save tires with creating a driving style for each track for yourself. And just don't look at the leaderboard. That's that's one of the biggest things. Yes, you need to use sim exactly. racing. You need to use JRT or anything that will give you the 20 lap averages, right, or the, the stand analyzer. That's really good to pull up. You can use that and sort and see who's getting the best 20 lap averages. And that's going to tell you what's, if you're going to be in better shape. I'll jump into the server all the time. I'll be like 30th on the speed chart. And then I'll pull up the 10 lap average, and three of us have run 10 laps out of like 40 drivers. Right. So yeah, yeah so everybody's that, hot that, lapping. Yeah. That speed that speed chart's just not gonna tell you anything. Look at your ten lap and your twenty lap averages and see how that compares to other guys and you'll know how you're really doing. And the worst part is we're in the era of drafting. So in a practice session, that's not the you know, they're not accurate speeds. You know, you don't know if somebody was doing a qual even qualifying, like you, you could get a draft off of somebody when you're doing a qualifying thing in a practice session and go two or three tenths faster than you actually will actually go in a practice session or in a qualifying session. You just, you need to get comfortable before anything else. It's, it's, if you start concentrating on whatever that time is that somebody else is running, you're just going to run over your head of what you can do with that setup yourself. And if you got practice partners, doing a lot of pit parties is really important just so you can kind of see how you're, how you're running next to each other. Uh, especially well, maybe not for us. I I think for, for, for not, not, that's what I did when I was less experienced and it would help a lot just to see, um, just to know how I was doing. Now the 20 lap, I didn't, back then I didn't have that 20 lap average to look at. So that was about the only way to know what my 20 lap average was, was to run at the same time as somebody else. Yeah. Uh, those are real good points. Um, I just feel like I've uh, plateaued a little bit and, um, and I feel like if I'm practicing improperly, I'm just learning bad habits is what's really happening. So uh, it's just something I want to work on um, throughout the off season and, uh, and be ready for the, for the next year. All right. Very good. David Hall, final thought. I got a few to drop this time. Uh, I have a butt kicker now. Uh, ended up getting one and finally got it mounted correctly i also ordered some custom 8020 and have that all built now so that my amplifier sits right right behind my wheelbase so it's easy to re- i have a remote but it's also easy to reach and adjust it directly if i want and it's stored a little bit more out of place i was considering putting my computer there but i like having having the amp there better the the wheel uh, at Phoenix, I really could tell a difference with having that in there. Uh, you know, I've, I've said before, I will alter the sound so that uh, I hear more tire screech and less engine. So I have the engine turned down as low as it'll go and the tire turned up as high as it go. Well, I basically ended up doing the same thing with the in-game LFE settings. I cranked the tire screech up higher and went ahead and turned the engine down. I don't really feel the engine RPMs. I don't, I don't need that. And it, um, boom, I could tell exactly how much i was slipping the tires and and could anticipate where the where the spin out would be based on feeling that rumble versus having to wait to see it visually okay 
So, David, uh, did you get the uh, gamer uh, butt kicker or did you get the pucks? I got the gamer one and just attached it with a with a bolt and um, a, a metal cylinder to the to the back base plate. Any thoughts of doing what Steve was talking about and just add some rubber strips under the seat to isolate? Um, I'm don't I don't think I'm having a problem feeling it, so I don't I don't think it'll be necessary. I'm actually feeling it. It's nice. right. It's right under my seat, and it's 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 getting t- it's getting to the seat with where it's attached. And I I was going to talk about something else, but um, I done forgot. All right, Greg Hector. Oh, I, now I remember. I'm sorry. You want to? But you'll probably talk about it too, Greg. So an ad for memory lost. <laughs> the the we're racing Daytona Friday for a charity race tomorrow night. What's the charity again, dude? Uh, I sent you a link for the, is it? where it's to donate. One, is it? Yeah, it is. It's uh, for epilepsy. 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 Um, yep, I've already registered this and sent in my donation. And I'll get, upload my paint a little bit later after we do some testing. But yeah, we're going to run six hours at Daytona. And uh, just it's because it's fun and charity. Okay. And then Greg Hectus, uh, final thoughts. Uh, always like running races for charity. Enjoy that. So that's that's going to be a fun uh, fun thing to get in with David. There, it's been a while since we run an endurance race together. Um, look forward to uh, whatever we're going to do this off season. I think it's probably going to be a road off season for me. Maybe run some of the new Gen Seven car just to get a little bit of an idea about it. But um, I'm pretty pumped that I won the uh, the championship in the first time season I got in there, and I only ran. 23 races of the 36. So um, pretty stoked about that, but I'll uh, take it on, move on to the next season. I don't think I have a shot about taking one out of this winter league one, but uh, <laughs> the, the competition's awesome in the winter league. And that's why I like to just compete in it just to see how I stack up and you know, how we all stack up. It seems to be only the three of us that are going in there from our team, but uh, it's fun. It is fun. There's some really good drivers in there. And then the iRacing guys, you know, Tyler Hudson, Christian Schallner, um, Sam Roush, um, Nim Cross. You know, it's it's interesting racing against Nim Cross, um, who is the steward of iRacing. And so if you wreck him, you know, is he going to protest you? I mean, how does that work? But yeah, he, it, it's he a does bit have a good. He does have a good sense of humor. He told one of the other guys, I think maybe I don't remember if it was Christian or Sam. I think it was Sam. He told him if he lets him in because he had to start on the outside, he would give him the next day off. And he was did that, let him in, and he did say, happening? "Hey, you could have the day off." <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so it's it's a pleasure uh, racing with those guys. I asked Alan if we were going to see the Saddlers uh, and Garrett Mains. Um, he said they're in the league. Uh, they just didn't make it this week. Well, that room at Daytona filled, what, within three or four minutes to 43 cars? Now, I panicked initially. I mean, I was sitting <laughs> at there at the top of the hour, and I clicked the button, and it said full. I'm like, full? Are you kidding me? And David was like, refresh again. And so sure enough, it, it didn't say full. But um, I panicked. I was like, how could it fill up within you know five seconds? Because while it's launching, it says full. And and the funnier thing is, is we couldn't get Mike for a whole season to do it at all at Fast Track, but one winter league race, and he's signed up at 8.01. 
Well, I didn't want to miss the the race because uh, he they have too many people, and so with Jeff Marble and, and the fast track sim racing, I mean, if he has too many people, then I'll have to show up and and sign up early. So I challenge you, Jeff. Let's have too many people for your league. All right. Well, my final thoughts. Uh, wow, simcoaches.com uh, comes in and saves the day. I mean. It's so nice to have a sponsorship. And, and what does that mean, really? It means, uh, you know, some revenue for our team, for the podcast. It helps us pay for the website that you guys enjoy for our show notes. Uh, it helps us do special events and uh, cover our costs like TeamSpeak, podcast hosting. And just to have that relief of, wow, we have a partner who's helping us through these things. It's just a, a huge relief that, you know, we've had a continuous sponsorship for quite some time now with uh, first with GridFinder and now with SimCoach. And I wanted to be picky. I wanted to have a good sponsor, one that we believe in that is part of this community. And um, with David having such fantastic luck with the with this hardware, um, I think the, the fit is really good with SimCoach. And uh, look forward to... Um, working with them as we go into the future so um, excited that you know it's off season you know I'm, I'm kind of looking at road course racing a little bit but not like David does but like some of the the small uh, the, the cars that are slower like the Mazda MX-5 or the Mustang or maybe some some of those kind of cars and so that's what I'm looking forward to in the off season um, I pretty much shanked my NIS uh, points. Uh, this is probably the worst year uh, since I've been in iRacing. Um, and there was a lot of things that attributed to that. But on the other hand, I had some really good wins. Uh, three or four wins, including the Southern 500, Vegas, Richmond, Talladega. So I'm very, very proud of that and, um, and uh, hang my head on that for sure for 2021. And with that, hey, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.